At the end of 2017, an estimated 36.9 million people were living with HIV. This week, a shocking medical discovery was announced that is grabbing the world's attention and sparking hope in the battle against the deadly disease. A London man, after being treated with stem cell transplants, is now resistant to HIV. But is it a miracle cure or just an important piece in a very large puzzle? This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is the editor of Bloomberg's U.S. Healthcare team, Drew Armstrong. Thanks for doing this, Drew. Happy to do it. So what do we know about this patient that seems to be free of the AIDS virus and the process he went through to get this done? So at this point, we know a lot about the case itself, even though we don't necessarily know the patient's name. What happened here was there was a man with HIV and he had cancer and he was given a bone marrow transplant. Um, And instead of just doing a bone marrow transplant from any patient, they selected a patient who had a type of mutation uh, in their genes that makes them resistant to HIV. And after that transplant was done, which is a really difficult medical procedure, it's very expensive, it can be very dangerous for the patient, this man was found to no longer be carrying the virus. He stopped taking his HIV drugs and has been uh, virus-free since then. So we do know he's from London, but that's about all we know, as you were saying. Um, So this procedure, has it changed his immune system to make him resistant to HIV? Yeah, there's a very, very, very small handful of people in the world who actually do appear to have resistance to HIV. Um, There's a gene called CCR5, and in people who carry two copies of this thing, they have some resistance to being infected. It basically affects where the virus can latch on um, in the body and, and, and infect the body and replicate. And so... Now he carries this because he's been given the the bone marrow from someone who actually has this uh, genetic mutation. And so it appears that he does have uh, the ability to to resist the virus because of this really complicated kind of boutique medical procedure that he's undergone. Now, you said that this is a very difficult procedure. Can you go into a little more detail of, of what it is like to go through a stem cell transplant? Yeah. Lest anybody think that this is really a practical option for most people, um, Stem cell transplants are, in the world of cancer, basically a last result, a last resort mm. when other things don't work. Um, it involves essentially killing off your bone marrow and, and your immune system with chemotherapy. Um, sometimes it's also done with radiation. And then implanting back into you someone else's bone marrow so you essentially have a new immune system. Um It can be very dangerous. It is extremely tough on the patient. You have to combine the chemotherapy with other things. It's very expensive. You have to find a donor. You have to get the the bone marrow from the donor. Um, It is not a practical option for just about anybody. It is what you do when you have a cancer that has come back, and this is the last chance you have to live, basically. Tell us about the so-called Berlin patient, Drew, and how he plays into this, what many feel could be a miracle cure. Yeah, this is a case um, about a dozen years ago uh, under very similar circumstances where there was a bone marrow transplant in a um, in a cancer patient. Um, and he essentially also had a, had a similar result where he stopped taking antiretroviral drugs and was found to be HIV free. I think it's really important to note that there have really only now been two of these cases that we are aware of in the last couple of decades. I mean, it tells you just how rare and how difficult and how much of an edge case um, these types of uh, uh, potential cures are. Yeah, I mean, people ask the question, well, why can't you just recreate it? But there's 
a one in a million? What are the odds that this can be matched? I think recreating it is I, one of the things that is exciting for scientists right now is that people are saying, hey, now we've done this twice. It is possible to recreate it. Whether you have the economics to do that, whether you would want to put a otherwise relatively healthy patient who's probably taking a pill a day and whose virus is under control through an extensive dangerous, costly medical procedure? I think that's really the big question. You know, for a lot of people with HIV, this remains a very, very serious infection. Um, A lot of places around the world, it is a major killer. But for people in the United States, if you have health insurance, if you are taking a drug, you're probably taking a relatively convenient therapy once a day. A lot of the advances here that we're seeing are saying, hey, we could try to do this as a once a month shot. Um, It's an infection that can be controlled And we've also seen a lot of efforts to um, find ways of preventing it through low doses of these antiretroviral therapies. We have some very good options for HIV to treat it, even if we don't have great options to cure it. Drew, the president tweeted about this news earlier today. He's very excited about it. He said it was great news. And he pledged at his State of the Union last month that he'd end the HIV epidemic in the U.S. by 2030. Is this research part of that plan, and how realistic is that time frame? So I would say no, because when you think about the millions of people who are living with HIV around the world, this just isn't an option for them. That said, the possibility of ending the HIV epidemic, I'll say first, you know, presidents and world leaders, um, everybody has uh, said that they have the goal of eliminating HIV. These are not new goals necessarily. What I think is new um, in the recent years is that we've got a number of therapies that can be preventative that aren't just things like practicing good sexual health, using a condom, um, but, you know, therapies like PrEP, which is essentially a low-dose um, retroviral, anti, antiviral pill that allows you to, to stop the transmission, hopefully, of HIV when it's taken properly. Um, those types of things combined with good therapies to keep viral load down in people who are infected, you start to make it harder for the virus to infect new people. It's essentially trying to build up our defenses from a public health standpoint rather than trying to go out and cure people with the disease. How do you stop transmission and how do you stop people who are infected from being dangerous. That's how you eliminate big diseases. When you think about vax eliminating, you know, things like uh, trying to eliminate polio or smallpox, these are done with big, big public health efforts. They're not done with, you know, one-time treatments, costly therapies, that type of thing. You have to really attack this as a societal problem. So this isn't the miracle drug, but this is a very big step in the right direction. Yes, I'd say so. And, you know, one of the things about viruses in general, and HIV is a virus, it's really, really hard to cure viruses. Um, The hepatitis C virus is one of the first that we've actually developed a cure for. You really have to rely on the body's immune system um, to take care of a virus. And HIV is particularly um, problematic because it it attacks the immune system. I mean, that is the reason that it is, you know, that it has become such a problem um, around the world. You know, when we talk about the the therapies of the future here, and they are going to be these types of um, public health efforts that allow us to, you know, constrain the virus and stop it from being as as easy to transmit as it has been. What makes you optimistic about the developments this week? Well, I think you know it, it's certainly exciting from a scientific standpoint. I think that's really the thing to take away here. This is an amazing science story. Even if we want to talk about, you know, this is just one case. It's very expensive. It's a you know the first time in 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 more than a decade that we've seen something like this. 
this heralds and is really part of the revolution in genetic medicine that we're talking about, where we understand more and more about how the body functions, how certain mutations can hurt us, certain mutations can help us. And you're seeing the development of therapies in biotech companies, pharma companies, research labs that are trying to harness the body's power or undo the mistakes that it makes. And this is just one more example of what some of that potential is that I think has implications for diseases across the kind of spectrum of human misery, not just in HIV. So when you see the headlines, Miracle Cure, what do you say to the general public, someone in your position who understands this stuff? What do you say to them to keep them grounded? You know, I do think it is a miracle, and it certainly does sound like a cure. But the thing about that term is that, you know, miracles don't happen to everybody, unfortunately. And what actually changes the world is a lot of really hard on-the-ground work and the types of public health efforts um, that, that have gone into really fixing other diseases. You don't need a miracle in HIV. You need a handful of breakthroughs and then the will and the ability to implement those and help some of the 30 million-plus people who are living with this virus. Drew, thank you so much. Thank you. Make sure to follow Drew and his team's reporting on Twitter. He's at ArmstrongDrew. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.